Are perfectionism and OCD the same thing? This is among the most commonly Googled questions about perfectionism, and I can sort of understand why. So if you're ready to find out whether perfectionism and OCD are the same thing or not, let's jump into today's podcast. Welcome to the 12 Inches Away podcast, a space for women who are ready to stop living in fear and start living with peace and confidence. I'm your host, Shoni Doosling, a personal development coach on a mission to help women liberate themselves from anxiety and mindsets that are holding them captive so they can get back to owning their life. Join me every Wednesday, 9 a.m. Singapore Standard Time for helpful mindset hacks and tangible takeaways you can use to master your thoughts and unlock your full potential. So OCD is often understood as a propensity to want things to be clean or to want to be a certain way. Similarly, perfectionism is a desire to want things to be perfect. So at a very surface level, it definitely seems that there is some overlap when it comes to perfectionism and OCD. But in order for us to get a little bit more clarity, we're going to need to dive a bit deeper. So let's start with how perfectionism and OCD are categorized and defined. Perfectionism is primarily categorized as a personality trait. So someone with perfectionism would be a person who holds unrealistic standards and they strive for these all the time. These might be standards that they place on themselves or others or that they feel that others place on them. Then we have OCD. So obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD is categorized as a psychiatric condition. Someone with OCD would experience what's called obsessions and or compulsions. Now the obsessions or intrusive thoughts are distressing thoughts that the person faces all the time against their will. And the compulsions are the things that the person feels they need to repeat over and over as a response to these obsessions. Compulsions can take the form of behavior, but it can also take the form of a thought. So, so far we can see that perfectionism is a personality trait, while OCD is a mental illness. But to help us further understand the difference, I thought it would be really interesting to look at real life examples of people with perfectionism and OCD. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. I'm going to read you two stories so you can compare and contrast perfectionism with OCD. So let's start with the person who struggles from perfectionism. In an article in The Muse, Nicole Varvitziotes wrote an amazing article about her life as a perfectionist. As I read it, kind of make a mental note when something stands out for you so that you can see if there's anything that you learn that's new or anything that you can relate to. So Nicole writes, Quote, Though I'd been living like a perfectionist since my eager childhood, only recently did I place the behavior... The quest to please, the self-imposed pressure to amount to something, the colossal hatred towards living and learning curves, the fear of change and starting, it left me clinging to instant gratification, praise, and results like lifelines, and I wanted all of them, all the time, without fully extending myself. I never really had to. 
school and all those miscellaneous extracurricular activities that padded my college applications, I mean, made me well-rounded, required minimal effort, and with relative success, reinforcing my actions, the patterns continued. I went into college and the workforce with this deep-seated drive to be the best. Consequently, I was regularly pulled under by nauseating bouts of the never-enoughs. Predictable as a carousel, they spun me backward and kept me down until I finally did something about it. I was 22 years old with a big girl job and a heavy dose of grief from losing my father. At work, though, I compartmentalized and consistently achieved and overachieved to the point that even my dreams were seized and conquered by work-related themes. One morning, I sent my boss a very important deliverable, one that I poured my heart and free time into. When the workday ended at 6 p.m., I heard nothing. No feedback, no acknowledgement, no comments or energetic high fives. I blew it. Nicole's perfectionist voice then said things to her like, you knew you weren't ready for this responsibility and now your boss thinks you're a careless, hurried hammer with nothing but a bucket of bad ideas and poor spreadsheet management. She'll probably have to redo the entire thing. Did you even proofread it? You're a joke. 15 other girls could do your job better than you. Of course, one day later, the response came. Rave reviews. The low was lifted, but I sunk with immaturity. I wish this were a lie. I wish I were as secure in my abilities then as I am now. But for perfectionists, self-doubt is a deeply ingrained behavior. I felt lucky though that this particular episode started an avalanche of introspection and change. That person, crippled by intense worry, was not who I wanted to be. So with courage and active practice, I started to work out the kinks, unquote. So for Nicole, she was driven to strive for perfection. And this drive was fed by a deep sense of self-doubt and a strong voice of self-criticism. Thankfully, after Nicole realized how much her perfectionism was getting in the way of her living and enjoying life, she started to build strategies to help her keep this perfectionism in check. So these included things like challenging her thinking, practicing radical self-acceptance, establishing healthy habits, and learning to be content. Now, how did you feel as you listened to Nicole's story? If you identify as a perfectionist, were there certain elements of the story that you could relate to? What seemed to stand out for you while you listened? Now let's turn to OCD. Now, as someone who personally wrestles with OCD and anxiety, I want to encourage those of you with OCD or any form of anxiety or depression to never, ever, ever give up because there is always hope. I also want to mention that I will be reading out a story of someone's OCD. So if this is going to trigger you, I want to encourage you to switch to a different episode and to remind yourself that there is absolutely no shame in taking care of yourself in this way. So, like I mentioned earlier, someone with OCD experiences obsessions and or compulsions. Obsessions can take the form of unwanted thoughts, mental images, or urges. Now, the obsessions most commonly associated with OCD are cleanliness and orderliness, but there are actually other common forms of OCD that aren't talked about as often. So before we jump into the story about OCD, I just want to touch on these and give you a little bit more of an understanding about OCD. The U.S. National Institute of Mental Health says that besides cleanliness and orderliness, 
Some of the other common obsessions that people have are unwanted, forbidden, or taboo thoughts involving sex, religion, or harm, or aggressive thoughts toward others or self. Now, these types of thoughts are actually experienced by most of the general population. But the difference is that people who don't have OCD either don't even notice these thoughts or they just shrug them off as an odd thought. However, for someone with OCD, these thoughts seem so frightening and real that the person often performs a compulsion. So a thought or a behavior that acts as a sort of a psychological comfort in response to their obsession. So examples of some of the compulsions that people would do would be repetitive hand washing or cleaning or arranging things in a certain way or having repetitive thought patterns or repeatedly checking things or compulsively counting things. So as you can imagine, if a person lives with these debilitating thoughts day after day after day, it can cause significant disruptions to their lives. And this is the case for approximately 2% of the world's population or 156 million people who live with OCD on a daily basis. So now that we have a more well-rounded understanding of OCD, let's jump into Lizzie's story and hear what it's like to live with OCD on a daily basis. Lizzie writes, quote, My battle with obsessive-compulsive disorder started out like so many others. The earliest symptoms I can remember appeared around age 8. I had started to develop a prayer routine at night, which, in my OCD mind, I believed would keep my loved ones safe. I felt I had to say my family members' names eight times, touch the right side of the wall after, blank eight times after that, and the list goes on. With so many rules and restrictions, I could not complete the prayer perfectly, no matter how hard I tried. I vividly remember it was late at night and my mom was still up cleaning. I ran down to her and burst into tears because I could not get my prayers right and was so worried that my loved ones would be hurt because of this. This was the early 90s, and my parents had no knowledge of OCD. My mom brushed this off as a silly childhood quirk and was not at all alarmed that something more serious might be happening. Obsessions and compulsions continued on and off throughout my childhood and changed themes but usually fixated on my health and the fear of dying from AIDS, cancer, leukemia, appendicitis, a brain tumor, etc. My OCD was more just background noise while I was young, but became stronger when I was getting ready to leave for college. For me, it seems that anytime I have a major transition in my life, which involves a large change, my OCD comes on full force. I have had two major episodes, one being going to college and the other being a relocation my husband and I made out of state for his job. With my first episode, I had heard bits and pieces here and there about OCD and figured I had it but so badly wanted to believe I did not. I compulsively asked my parents over and over whether I had OCD and if I was going crazy. Since I functioned fine and was a successful high school student, they assured me that everything was fine with me and that I did not have OCD. I even insisted on an appointment with my then pediatrician, who was uneducated on OCD and as well assured me that I was fine. Once I got to college, the stress leveled out and I was doing very well again. My second and by far most destructive episode came seven years later. At this point, I had completely forgotten about OCD and thought it was just some quirk and phase I went through when I was younger. A lot of stress happened to me in the span of a year. A breakup and makeup with my now husband, my grandma passed away, 
I got engaged, was looking at a possible relocation and trying to figure out a career. At some point, this all came to a head and my long lost friend OCD came back with a vengeance. Like all sufferers, this was a horrible time of anxiety for me that lasted a while. I lost a ton of weight, had a very hard time sleeping, could not concentrate on work, and was constantly seeking reassurance and barely functioning. My saving grace through all of this was finding Beyond OCD and coming into contact with its founder, Susan Richman. I was able to get in therapy and eventually on medication. My husband and I wound up relocating to Florida, where I'm continuing treatment and doing much, much better. My testimonial for Beyond OCD is a long time coming because I thought that in order to share my story, I had to have complete victory over OCD. The biggest lesson I've learned over the last year, and that Susan really helped me to accept, is that OCD is a disorder that I need to accept as part of my life for the long haul and continue to manage. For the periods of time when I'm feeling well and stress is low, I do just fine. When stress is higher, I have my struggles, but I've learned to manage it much better. I recently came off medication as my husband and I would like to start a family soon and have just begun therapy again so that I can stay on top of my OCD. I hope my story gives hope as you can live a completely happy and fulfilling life even with OCD. I am living proof, unquote. So that's Lizzie's story and I do need to mention that I'm not familiar with the organization that she's talking about beyond OCD. So this is not an advertisement for them. But as I read her story, I felt like it was a very comprehensive picture of what OCD can be. It's not just about cleaning. It's about all sorts of different things and can take many different forms. So I'm curious, what stood out for you from Lizzie's story? Does it turn out that OCD is what you thought it was? Or did you learn something new? Now, it serves mentioning here that the example of Nicole with perfectionism and then the example of Lizzie with OCD, these are just two specific stories of perfectionism and OCD. So your experience with either one might be extremely different, but these are just examples to give you an idea of two people's stories and experiences with these things. So now that we've looked at examples of perfectionism and OCD and we've heard from people who struggle with both, Let's tease out the similarities and differences. So the similarities are that both perfectionism and OCD have an element of not wanting to make mistakes. Another similarity would be that some forms of OCD do take on the obsession with needing things in their place, which may be something that a perfectionist would struggle with. But there are also differences. So one difference is that perfectionism is driven by a lack of self-worth whereas OCD is driven by biological factors. Another difference is that perfectionism is a personality trait, whereas OCD is a psychiatric condition or a mental illness. And another difference is how they can be managed. Perfectionism can be managed using thought-based strategies and things like self-compassion techniques, whereas OCD requires medical attention that might involve medication and or treatment as recommended by one's doctor. So if we were to summarize the entire content of today's episode, it would be that while some forms of OCD can look similar to perfectionism, if we understand the broader picture of each, the two are very different. Now, I always like to give you application points. So if you have OCD, 
or if this podcast even made you start wondering whether you might have OCD or whether someone that you know might be struggling with it, I really, really want to encourage you to get the help that you need. There is absolutely no shame in reaching out no matter how bad things seem and your life can seriously be transformed by getting help. The stigma is becoming less and less and there are so many resources out there to help you. So either speak to your doctor or if you can, look for a counselor who specializes in OCD so that you can get the treatment that you need right off the bat. So if you're a perfectionist, I just want to encourage you that you also have hope. You don't need to be stuck in this constant battle of feeling like you're not good enough. If you learn self-compassion techniques and ways to manage your thinking, ways to overcome your procrastination, and ways to increase your productivity, you're going to feel so much better about yourself and seriously, your life is going to be transformed. So if any of these things sound like things that you would like help with, I would love to help you. So one thing that you can do is to message me on Instagram or Facebook and we can set up a free 30-minute call. We'll look at where you're at right now and I'll equip you with a game plan to get you started on overcoming your perfectionism. And if you're wanting more support, there's a group program waitlist that I've opened on my website. So the link to that will be in the show notes. And I also offer one-on-one coaching. So the link to that is also in the show notes. In both of those, we look at three areas. We look first at the root of perfectionism. The root is usually the self-doubt or self-mistrust. And so we start working on that with self-compassion techniques. Then after we work on the root, we move into productivity. So we start working on your procrastination. We start increasing your productivity and shifting your mindset and equipping you with new frameworks to be able to be more productive. And lastly, we focus on resilience. So building up your resilience when it comes to things like bouncing back from thoughts that come at you out of nowhere. So again, if any of these sound like things that you would love to get help with, check out the links in the show notes or send me a message and we can get started on this as soon as possible. That brings us to the end of today's podcast. But don't worry, there are plenty more ahead. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Singapore Standard Time for weekly chats on things like perfectionism and anxiety. If you're loving this podcast, share it with a friend and give it a five-star rating or leave a review to help us reach even more people. And as always, I love hearing from you guys. So if you want to connect, hop over to my Instagram or Facebook page and send me a message or comment on one of the posts. The links are in the show notes.